Hey, what's up, guys, and welcome to the Where to Market Your Business Online podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quiroz. I'm an e-commerce and digital marketing specialist. I've been in the industry for a little under a decade, started at the corporate level, and now I help medium-sized businesses, service providers, retailers, and corporate clients take their business online and profit. And this podcast shows you how to market your business online. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Where to Market Your Business Online Podcast. I'm your host, Jose Quiroz, and today we're talking about e-commerce 101. Uh, we're going to be talking about the technology side of e-commerce, supply chain, cybersecurity, product management, margins, and competing with Amazon, Walmart, the current state of e-commerce, and the future of e-commerce. So... I hope you find this episode valuable. The reason why we're doing this episode is because I, just like I did the last episode about Digital Marketing 101, I see clients all the time come in with a certain perspective or thought on e-commerce, and it's not necessarily what they think, right? There's much more than meets the eye to it, and uh, here are some of those things that you should consider if you're trying to make an e-commerce play. So if you find this episode valuable, feel free to leave a rating and review or share it. If you find the entire podcast valuable, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at Jose Quiroz or Jose Quiroz Digital on LinkedIn, Jose, J-O-S-E, Quiroz, Q-U-I-R-O-Z, and shoot me a message letting me know what you think of the podcast, uh, any feedback, et cetera, et cetera. So awesome. Let's get on with the episode, e-commerce 101. Let's first lead into the technology side of things. I think the very first question that any business owner needs to ask themselves and find an answer to when it comes to e-commerce is, am I in the business of technology or am I in the business of product development, marketing, sales, branding, whatever the case may be? The reason why is because if you are in the latter, right, you're not a technology company, you don't see yourself having, you know, 60 developers in-house, a server farm, infrastructure, back-end that's sophisticated, and you have, you know, different types of development groups in-house that are consistently adjusting and fixing the site and all that good stuff. If you just don't see that happening for your business, because it is a huge undertaking, it's a huge investment, there's a management aspect to it, uh, there's a lot that comes with that. That's totally fine, but that's going to help you identify what kind of player you're going to be in the e-commerce space. You know, at this point, then you might end up doing something like a Shopify Plus where it's less technical resources needed to manage. It's more about content driven and how you can make the site you know, stand out within your copy, your messaging, your imagery, et cetera, et cetera, but not really with functionality, with unique features, with customizations, things of that nature. Now, granted, I'm not saying that that platform is not customizable. It totally is. But if you're already leaning towards being an organization that's not technology first or understands that technology is not a strong suit of theirs, you can leverage something like a Shopify Plus that is going to just lower your barrier of entry with technology. Another thing with technology is you're going to want to understand the long term. What's the long term goals, ideas, vision, because you're going to want to choose a technology that's going to be with you to scale up and make sure that you're not going to outgrow it. You're going to have to find new technology partners, new vendors, new whatever 
trying to make up for, you know, the lack of work and research that was done when you first adopted a new technology, right? So you have to look at it from the long run. Now, this is a little tricky for people to get their mind across because they think to themselves, you know, how am I supposed to know what the future holds? You really don't, but you have a hypothesis, right? Of where you're trying to go, where you're trying to be. And so you're going to want to work backwards uh, from there to identify what are the different pieces of technology that I'll need in order to fulfill that, to make that happen, etc. So the technology piece is crucial. You can go two ways. You can be really technically heavy and have teams inside in-house that could help with robust applications and customization of user flows and experiences and help manage data, you know, in a, in a very sophisticated way. Or you can leverage a third party partner who does most of the heavy lifting for you, but still empowers you to create an e-commerce site, manage the e-commerce site and make it work for you. Awesome. Supply chain within e-commerce. One of the biggest things that I see people and businesses not look at right away is the supply chain is understanding the logistical side of e-commerce. How am I going to get this product out? How am I going to handle returns? How am I going to ship cross country, cross borders, uh, across the Atlantic Ocean, whatever the case may be? You're going to need to understand that uh, supply chain and e-commerce are both just booming. And there's a lot of issues. There's I mean, even brands like Nike are finding issues with delivery dates, with importing goods, being able to distribute it to their retailers, to their customers. This is a very, very real thing. So you're going to want to either have an internal resource who understands supply chain or you're going to need to spend time really wrapping your head around that and the whole distribution side of the e-commerce world, because without the distribution, you're dead in the water. You can have the prettiest site. You can have a conversion rate that's amazing. But if you cannot deliver on the good, then you'll hear it. You'll hear it from your customers. You'll see your business start to suffer all of that good stuff. Now, I'll admit that supply chain is not somewhere that I personally dig too deep into. I tend to leverage resources for that because you need a logistics expert there. Right. But I do work with them hand in hand very closely to understand what are their pain points? What's going on? What products are we pushing that they can move, et cetera, et cetera. So it has to be a very collaborative relationship between your e-commerce folks and your logistics and supply chain folks. So keep that in mind. Now, this one's going to be really quick margins. So when it comes to e-commerce, the beauty and the power of e-commerce is the scalability of things, right? You can sell a hundred pairs of one shoe, or, you know, of a model shoe on a store that you can sell a thousand pairs of it online in a third of the, of the time, right? However, just because you can sell in volume and have a big increase in the amount of units you're moving, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're making a bigger profit. You have to understand your margins because now when you're looking at the e-commerce side of things, you have to consider the margins in loss prevention returns, the investment you have to do in supply chain, uh, the percentages that you're hitting, right? The points that you're removing, whether you're paying an affiliate or you're giving a discount to the consumer, margins are extremely important. And it's 
much more important to keep your margins high than it is to increase your volume. Unless you're trying to liquidate and you're just trying to get rid of excess inventory, that's a different story. But from a day-to-day perspective, a day-to-day business, you're going to want to keep those margins up. Now, the Keeping your margins up is what has helped Amazon to keep reinvesting in itself, right? Because the profitability is high, but now they're able to take those funds and allocate them to new initiatives, projects, resources, whatever the case may be. So keeping that in mind, margins are extremely, extremely important. So we've talked about technology, supply chains, and margins. Let's type into cybersecurity. So if you're doing I would say half a million in sales or less online, cybersecurity might not be the biggest thing for you. Now, granted, I still highly recommend that you work with your e-commerce provider to make sure that you're secure and that you're doing everything you can to make sure that, you know, you're not leaving yourself up vulnerable for hacks and for database breaches and all that good stuff, right? You still have to keep that in mind. However, I see this more of an issue with companies doing a million or above online because they be, they get a target on their head. And I've seen this with clients. You got people from Asia, from other countries, India, from these different farm, the data farms, literally taking your company hostage, right? Hacking your site. You can't you can't access it anymore. They're removing data. They're they're breaking things. They don't care. All they want is their Bitcoin currency. And like I said, I've seen this before. I've bared witness to it. I've been in these meetings where we know there's an attack amongst us and we have to figure out how this is going to work out. Right. So cybersecurity is key. It's huge. Now, if you go the route of leveraging a third party like a Shopify Plus, then you, I don't want to say you don't have to worry about it too much. But the liability becomes more on them. Right. However, you still have to keep an eye out on it. If you're doing it all in-house, then you're going to want to have a section of your team be focused solely on cybersecurity and what they could be doing in order to patch any vulnerabilities and make sure that you're setting yourself up for a way to, I don't want to say be unhackable, but as unhackable as possible, if that makes any sense, right? So keep that in mind. Cybersecurity is a huge thing. The privacy of your consumer's data is a huge thing. And just making sure that your data doesn't get destroyed, right? Or someone comes in and literally wipes out your site or takes hostage your site for currency. So you're going to make sure that that's important. And cybersecurity is not going to go away. It's going to get more complex as the years go on and as digital starts to increase even more, right? So keep that in mind. Now, when it comes to e-commerce, another aspect that I would love for people to understand before they really start trying to make a play into e-commerce is you're going to need to understand the product life cycle, right? The product management side of things. You're going to have to, just like a retailer, merchandise correctly, be able to analyze when a product has lost its sizzle, when you should be discounting it, liquidating it, returning it back to the vendor, keeping the quality control up of it, um, Just ensuring that that product is up to standards and that there's no issues there. I've seen it time and time again where businesses, you know, just put up a product, they set it and forget it. And then a year or two years later, that product is still still sitting on the website. Now it's causing data issues. It's bogging down the bandwidth. It's not moving. It's sitting in the warehouse. You don't want to be in that position. So you want to have a cadence of a quarterly cadence of cleaning out your products, figuring out how to best manage them 
resell them, promote them, discount them, um, find a different avenue to move them, find a different target audience, run unique campaigns towards them. Margins or, or margins discounts isn't necessarily the answer. Um, that's I actually always tell my team discounts should be the exit strategy, not the not not the primary strategy. So. It's just about being consistent and keeping that in mind and saying, okay, what do I have to do in order to move this product? Um, you know, is it bogging us down? Is it good where it's at, et cetera, right? So keeping that in mind. Now, competing in the e-commerce world against Amazon and Walmart, I wanted to talk about this because I wanted to shatter a couple beliefs. So one is you don't have to compete with Amazon and Walmart. If the messaging, the branding, the story, and the product is unique, compelling, and interesting to the consumer, they will favor you over an Amazon or Walmart, again, if it's unique, compelling, et cetera, towards them. Um, what I would say, though, is that I would use these two giants in the e-commerce space as inspiration, right? You should be aspiring to manage how they manage, right? For example, Amazon. Amazon is not a luxury brand. It doesn't sell luxury goods. It actually sells kind of knickknacks, almost like Walmart type of products. However, the customer experience is so sophisticated that 73% of people go there searching for a product specifically before they hit Google, before they hit the brand site, because they understand that if I go there, I can cancel any time. If there's a shipping issue, if there's this and that, they got my back. So a way to quote unquote compete with them is to be able to address that, right? Be very transparent, be very clear in the customer expectations. Let meet their objections and let them know that they're in good hands. Now, this is easier said than done because a lot of e-commerce sites out there are not doing things very well. Uh, the majority of them, I would say. Uh, the top guys are doing it well, but the bottom guys who have a lower entry are not to that level. And so the consumer has experienced this over and over again where they give a random company a try because they found them online and they're dissatisfied. So they're carrying that baggage with you. So addressing that within your content, within your messaging can help you kind of compete with them. Another thing that Amazon and Walmart have both done is a subscription type of model where they give discounts on shipping, pricing, etc. That's another thing that you could aspire to be like, depending on how your e-commerce site is performing. If you're getting consistent customers, you're getting a nice rich database of customer information, see if a subscription model will work for them and give them value, discounted shipping, faster shipping, um, BOGOs on products, uh, special access, unique content, training series, whatever the case may be, complimentary content that goes with the product, whatever it is, um, see how you can kind of aspire to do that and take a play from their book. Because what you're going to be doing now is you're going to be diversifying your revenue. Not only are you going to be generating revenue from product sales, but you're also going to be generating cash flow from consistent subscriptions, right? So, so check that out. Now, we cover technology, supply chain, margin, cybersecurity, product management, and competing with Amazon and Walmart. Let's talk about the current state of e-commerce and the future state. So currently as it is in the U.S., we are about, I believe last time I looked, was under about 20, 25% of total retail sales are coming from e-commerce. Fairly big but still very small. China has become the only country in the world to hit 50% of their retail sales through e-commerce, right? So that just goes to show you 
where this thing can go, right? We're at 25%, they've broken 50, and I believe other countries are fall, you know, are anywhere between that 30 to you know 5% range. So there's a big gap for growth. Right now, as it stands, e-commerce is being dominated by Amazon here in, in, in the US. And there's been a huge adoption because of COVID, an adoption to maneuver online, grocery shop, et cetera, et cetera. So that's starting to get some exposure to people. One thing that happens currently is even though there's best practices, there's not standard practices for how a site should function, work, mobile, tablets, et cetera, right? And so if your site is not following best practices, you fall into the possibility of frustrated consumer because they're not able to navigate your site the way they would be able to navigate a site that they're more familiar with, right? That's one thing. Another thing is that it's a bit of the wild, wild west, right? Anyone can grab, you know, a hundred bucks a month and start a Shopify site. And so it's a bit saturated. So you're really going to need to identify those unique selling propositions and what's unique to you that you're going to be able to get. Another thing within the current state, because the online space is just so flooded with people, niching down, really really identifying who that niche audience is, is going to be a huge, huge help for you because you're going to be able to dominate that one specific audience without having to compete with the bigger guys. And finally, another thing going on in the e-commerce state is that there is a trust factor that has started to develop, but is not fully engaged, right? So you have to really keep in consideration the consumer experience, the customer touch points post-purchase or even pre-purchase. It's not about just putting products on a website and hoping they sell. It's about how can I display it, educate, navigate, um, handhold my consumer, or at least give the impression that I'm there to hold their hands if they need it. There has to be a trust factor there. So keep that in mind. Now, the future of e-commerce, I think, encompasses all of that just getting better. Privacy and legislation is going to increase. I also see e-commerce playing a bigger role in the overall support of retail consumption, right? A merge between the two, right? How can e-commerce come into the physical world? How can the physical world be more into the e-commerce world? Currently, best practices with e-commerce is to put content up that's more more realistic, right? Your product images should be more videos, people wearing the stuff, people wearing the shoe, people wearing the clothing, people wearing the watch, etc. right? It's, it's, it's aspirational, but it also gives someone a familiarity when they look at it. You're able to call out people's sizes. This individual 6'2", weighs 220 pounds, and this is how the shirt looks on them. So then the individual on the other side of the screen could try to match up against that. You know, I'm not that tall, I'm not that heavy, etc. And kind of be able to paint the picture in their mind of what this product would look like for them. So in the future, it's going to be even more of that. Could be that virtual reality allows people to, to you know, or augmented reality allows people to try things on, right? Digitally, um, augmenting the reality of things, etc. So big market opportunity if you take in consideration the example of China. China is also big, big into social commerce, going live, etc. 
And so you're going to want to keep all that stuff in mind. There's a still huge, huge, huge future ahead of us, but we're going to need to keep in mind all of these privacies and and risks that come with the territory, right? So awesome. I hope you found it valuable. E-commerce 101, we touched on technology, supply chain, margins, cybersecurity, product management, the the being able to compete, I, I damn near couldn't read my notes. <laughs> uh, the comparisons are competing with Amazon and Walmart in the current and future state of e-commerce. I hope you found this valuable. If you did, feel free to leave a rating and review or subscribe. That would be amazing. And as always, I hope you got something out of it and we'll chat very, very soon.